Well, I'm going to pray for us. And uh, yeah, for those of you, if you're sitting, go ahead and stand up and we're going to keep worshiping. Um, but yeah, we're kicking off a new series tonight called The Real Stuff. And um, I know as college students, there's a lot that we deal with. There's a lot of things that um, are swirling around us, a lot of issues, a lot of um, things. And especially when we love Jesus and we're following after him, there's just a lot that um, comes with it. And so in this new series, really hoping to uh, kind of unpack some of those things that um, are just real stuff that we deal with as college students. So yeah, I'm going to pray and we'll get started. Jesus, I thank you just for who you are, that you are our faithful friend, you're our father. Um, and Holy Spirit, I just pray for open hands and open hearts tonight. That as we unpack the real stuff in our lives, the things that we deal with as college students, God, I pray that our hearts and this campus will be awakened to the truth of who you are, to the truth of your love, the perfect love that casts out all fear, all doubt. And so as we worship tonight, I just pray, Jesus, that you come and you speak to each person here, meet them where they're at, and just awaken us in a new way tonight. Jesus' name.
Breathe you 
God, that's our prayer for tonight. We just want to know you. I just thank you for every person that you brought here tonight. May you just awaken something new in their heart, God. May you just awaken us to the fullness of everything that you have for us tonight, God. Tonight and for the rest of our lives, we just want to walk in that, that Jesus, you paid for us, you paid on the cross that we would walk in the fullness of everything you have to offer us. So tonight, I just pray you awaken, awaken that truth into every single person in this room, that there's so much more in you, God. There's always more. take a seat and we're going to invite Rye up to start our new series, The Real Stuff. What's up guys? Let's give it up for the worship band. Hey, we got uh, a whole team that comes up here early. Thank you, homie. Um, and we we're having some sound problems today. I just want to give it up for our, our sound guys, Austin, Owen, and Ben Perkinson. Uh, they do so much. Our decor team and everyone who comes out and helps out early and set up and helps us load up. It's a process, but uh, it's worth it. Amen. So, hey, thank you so much for coming out. Uh, my name is Ryan. If I've never met you before, I'm the college pastor here. What up, Leah Nicholson in the house? Um, I'd love to meet you if I haven't met you. Um, just thanks so much for coming out. We're blessed to have you guys. Um, here's the chair. So we are starting a new series today called The Real Stuff. I'm super pumped about it. And we actually talked to our leadership team. We have about 30 leaders on a leadership team. And we said, guys, what are some issues, what are some things that college students want to learn about, that want to go deep into? What are some gray area topics that are kind of the Bible isn't, might not be certain, certain, like very clear on, you know, black or white style? And we prayed about it, and they gave me a ton of suggestions, more suggestions that we'll even be able to get to this semester. But we have an awesome lineup coming up. We got some awesome guest speakers coming in. We're looking at some topics that maybe most churches don't look at. Um, yes, Mike and Julie uh, Yoder are coming, and they are talking about sex. <laughs> um, that will be happening at some point this semester. Um, our senior pastor, Happy Layman, is actually coming out next week to be a guest speaker. He's, he's gonna, we're looking at the, the concept, is it okay to be rich and su successful? Um, so we, we're excited, guys. We're excited to dive in and um, look at what God has. So today, we are looking at the issue is it okay to drink? Um, have you guys ever wondered that, being a Christian? Eric Greenwell, I know you have, bro. <laughs> He's like, I'm never coming back. I love you, bro. Don't worry. If you're new, I won't call you out. You got to at least come five times, and then I'll call you out. Um, Adam's like, I'm moving to the back right now. <laughs> but, man, I know as a Christian, I've wondered, is it okay to drink? So I kind of wanted to start us off before we look at this concept, before we look at this serious topic with uh, laughing a little bit. You guys like to laugh? Yeah? Cool. Well, check out this uh, commercial that cracks me up. Let's go, Bud Lighter. Let's go, Bud Lighter. Be awesome to have this guy around all the time. Let's go, bird light here. Bud light? Bud light? Let's go, bird light here. Bud light's all around. Let's go, bird light here. Yep, right here. Let's go, bird light here. Let's go, bird light here. Let's 
I was wrong. This is where you belong. Now go before I change my mind. Let's go for Let's go for Oh man, I love that commercial. I think it's my favorite part when he's sleeping. Let's go, Bud Light. Whoa. Whoa. Don't worry, we're not advertising Bud Light. I just really like that commercial, so I wanted to share that. But, you know, it's, it's funny. I'm glad you guys are laughing. Um, hopefully no one's offended by that. If you are, email me and we'll talk. Um, but, you know, I think I, when I was looking at that commercial, I thought of uh, the verse from Ecclesiastes where it says, there is a time for everything, right? There's a season for everything, and, 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 and every, uh, too much of anything is not good. Right? Too much for it. So the guy's like, man, I would love that. Love this guy to have any time so I can have a Bud Light. And I think the message in the commercial is like, whoa, he thinks that would be sweet. But obviously, you know, too much of that is he, he changed his mind. Um, so, guys, I, I want to, I brought a chair up here. I had a cool bench I wanted to bring, but I forgot it. So I want to sit up here because tonight is going to be a little different. It's, I'm not going to stand up here and pretend like I have all the answers. I'm not going to stand up here and pretend like I have this clear math equation. If you do this, to do this, to do this, is going to equal that. Because that's, that's not really how it works, and that's not what our ministry is about. We are not a ministry of regulations and rules, but we're a ministry and a family of grace. So if you were expecting for, you know, your favorite college pastor in the world, um, <laughs> thanks for laughing, two of you, <laughs> um, to, to have it all together, for you to figure it out so you can tell everyone that's just not what you're going to get tonight. So hopefully you're not too disappointed. Um, but I am excited to look at, I feel like the Lord put this question on my heart, to look at the why. Have you guys ever thought about that? We think about what, what's the why of what, why we do things. I love to think about that. Because if you think about it, we go through habits and we make, make decisions. But really, what's the deep motivation of the why inside of what we do? And so today and tonight, I want to talk about what is the deep why of why we choose to drink or we choose not to drink. Because I think that's what the Lord wants us to look at. It's not about really what we do, but the heart posture of where we do it from. So I'm going to just have a conversation. This isn't a, a, a thing of rules. This isn't math equations. I'm not sitting up here to tell you what to do or what you shouldn't do. My goal is not to get you to drink or not to get you to stop drinking. It's not, believe it or not, my goal and my heart is that you'll be inspired to whatever decision you make concerning alcohol and in life to stop and think, what is the why? And is this out of a, a place of need or godly desire because your fulfillment is in Jesus and not in anything we can do in this world? So with that, will you pray with me? Father, I just thank you so much, God that this isn't um, a lecture, but it's a conversation between friends. God, I believe that's really what scripture is meant to be. And really, when we pray to you, it's always meant to be a conversation between our father and your kids. So God, I pray that you come tonight, God, and you speak not just truth, but truth with heart revelation. That next time uh, we have the choice to drink or not, we have a deep understanding and motivation of what our why is in you. And whether it's alcohol, drugs, or anything in life, 
that nothing would come before you. Show us, Holy Spirit, what it truly means to live and walk in the light of Christ and have a life, life to the full in and through you. Just, I pray, Father, they'll forget my words, but all your words would go deep and take root and bear much fruit in all of our lives. Come, Holy Spirit, and do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, hey, I just wanted to start off with sharing a little bit of my story. Um, you know, I, when I pray about who's meant to speak, um, I, one of the first things I look at is, God, what I know about them, what, is there something in their life? Man, this is really weird sitting down because I'm usually walking back and forth like crazy. Um, I just want to get out of this chair, but I'm making myself sit. Um, but I look in their lives and say, is there something in their story that relates to this topic or this story that they can share? Because I really believe the Lord takes us down journeys to take us through it, and then he gives us the keys to other people in the cells and say, now go free others, right? And one thing in my, my story is that I drank a lot. Um, I grew up in a house where my family, my grandpa, every Thanksgiving, every holiday, people were just drinking. So as a little kid, I couldn't wait to get, be old enough to drink with my dad and my uncles because I thought that's what all the cool people did. Um, and if I'm being honest, I probably started drinking when I was 14 or 15, um, and I, I loved it. I thought it was everything you could do, you know. Um, in high school, I got into drinking, and I wasn't like an alcoholic. I wasn't drinking every day, but definitely drinking more than the average high schooler, if that makes sense. And you know what? I thought it brought me fulfillment. I thought it, it brought my identity. And uh, when I turned 21, which what should be an awesome celebration if you choose to partake in it, uh, of being able to have a beer with maybe your dad or, or some friends or, or whatever you want to do, you know, it wasn't even special for me because I had been doing it for so long. And um, I think what happened was drinking alcohol should be a godly desire if, if it's done in the right way, in an appropriate way. And for me, it became a need. And I first want to ask you guys, as I share my story, is just for you to think about your own desires and your own journey, wherever you're at. If you used to drink alcohol, if you do drink alcohol, maybe if you might in the future. Again, this is not about is drinking alcohol really right or wrong, but it's about the heart posture and the why of why we do it. And hopefully that translates to not just alcohol, but to drugs, to, to, to every decision we make in our lives, right? In, especially for these gray areas. So for me, it became a need. I needed to do this. Deep down in high school and then when I went to college, I was insecure. Every time I went to a bar or a party, I needed to be drinking. Why? Because that's what my friends did. I didn't have the confidence to talk to girls unless I had a beer in my hand, right? I didn't really know who Ryan Otto was without a beer or a drink in his hand. And again, I wasn't blacking out every night. I, you know, I thought I was normal because I only drank three times a week. <laughs> um, you know, I wasn't one like when some of my friends who drank every night of the week or five days a week. So I thought I was good. Um, but it became a need and I, an identity of who I was. When I went out, I didn't know who Ryan Otto was if I didn't have a beer in my hand. And I just want to propose that if you ever get that way with alcohol or anything in your life, it should be a red flag. Because really, even a godly relationship, I don't know, I just feel like I'm supposed to say that. Because everything we need in life, I believe that God wants us to know is in him. And everything else comes second place. 
And, you know, I'm going to share some scriptures. And I'm going to share some things. I'm going to kind of weave back in and out of my story and my journey. And, and honestly, there's some scriptures that, that you, people could read and say, it's okay to drink alcohol. And I'm going to read a couple of today. And then, obviously, there's a lot of scriptures that clearly say don't drink alcohol. Or what does that look like? So we're going to kind of look at both sides of the coin. And uh, we're just going to have a conversation. I want to share uh, in Psalm 104.15, it just says this. He makes wine that gladdens human hearts. He, meaning God, makes wine that gladdens human hearts. I don't know if you about you, but I always thought about, well, if alcohol is so bad, because, again, I drank so much in my life, and then when I asked Jesus into my heart when I was 21, this was a topic that really confused me, guys. I asked Jesus into my heart. I had this radical transformation. I was hungry after God, and then reality hit. All my friends were still going to the bars, and I had to decide, what am I going to do on the weekends? I didn't have the courage yet to tell all of them that, man, I had asked Jesus into my heart, and I was changing. And I remember being in college my junior year, and I would read my Bible, you know, before I would go out, and I would pray, God, use me tonight. Use me to inspire my friends. And, and that was my journey because I didn't want to sit home and be, you know, all by myself, and I didn't have any other friends. This was my group from high school and, and all my friends from college. And so I would go out, I would go out, and I would be a light. Um, but I slowly, it started to drag me down and down and down. And I would ask myself, God, well, why did you create alcohol if it's bad, right? And I would always be confused by the famous story of Jesus making wine. I remember even uh, my buddy one time, I finally had the courage to tell him about asking Jesus into my heart, and he wanted me to drink, and I finally had the courage to say, no, I'm not drinking tonight, and he thought I was crazy, and he's like, come on, dude, and he was not Christian at all, he's like, even Jesus made wine, <laughs> like, you know, and, and taking that story, and at that time in my life, that confused me, I was like, wait, Jesus did make wine, so was that okay to drink, like, these people were already drunk, and he made more wine, you know, and so it, it was a topic that deeply confused me, has it ever confused you? Anyone else have, have wondered that? Why would Jesus do that? Right? Because obviously there's very clear scriptures that say, says, do not be drunk on wine. Um, a scripture looking at the other side of the coin, Proverbs 20 verse 1 says this. Wine is a mocker and a beer a brawler. Whoever is led astray by them is not wise. Man, there's some truth in that. <laughs> when you get some beers in you, I don't know, you just think you're the Hulk. You think you are so much stronger than you are. Micah, where you at? You know about that, right? Micah bounces at bars, man. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, you, you just think, like, you are so much stronger. You think you can plow through walls, and then it's a, you know, sobering reality that you're not sometimes. So I kind of chuckled to myself when I read that verse because, man, that is true. Beer is a, bra a brawler. Um, so obviously there, that's a scripture that's saying, it's not wise to get drunk. It's not wise to live your life like this, right? Paul makes it very clear in the New Testament multiple times. In, in Timothy and Galatians, and we're going to look at some of them today, do not be a drunkard. You know, if you want to be a deacon or an elder or a leader in the church, you know, do not drink too much wine. He even goes on and says, do not hang out with people who drink a lot of wine. Um, so there's obviously truth and wisdom in that. Jesus even says to John the Baptist, or God said to John the Baptist, you know, to his parents, let him never, let his lips never touch alcohol. And so I remember, you know, after I got saved, 
um, I was in seminary, and I'll be honest, guys, you know, so I partied a lot in college, and, and after my junior year, I went to Bowling Green State University in Ohio, and I transferred home to Cleveland State because after my junior year, I knew if I went back to BG, um, I just wouldn't be able to get away from the party scene. But I remember um, what, what kind of got me to this stage was my junior year. Again, this was the first year after I asked Jesus into my heart. It was, I grew up in the Lutheran church, um, and we would do Lent every, you know, spring. Has anyone ever done Lent in the house? Yeah? Cool. If you don't know what Lent is, ask Kundai. Uh, he'll tell you. <laughs> um, it's not Lent. It's Lent, Eric. I know you're thinking that. <laughs> Um, so Lent is when you kind of give up something, right? You give up something for 40 days to remember that Jesus died on the cross for you. A lot of people give up chocolate. Some people actually add something to do. Like maybe they want to do something normal, like not in the normal that they normally do. And so for me, I had this thought of like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give up alcohol. And I tried it for like a week and I just couldn't do it. And I was like super bummed. And I'm like, you know what? All right, I'm, I can't give up alcohol. I'm not at that point yet. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm, when I go out, I'm only going to drink three beers a night. Three beers. So I'm not going to do any shots. I'm not going to do any mixed drinks. And three beers a night, that's all I'm going to do. Now I would go out, and I would get those tall guys, three beers. And, you know, at that point in my life, guys, trust me, those didn't phase me at all. <laughs> so that was, you might sound like, what? That's not a sacrifice at all. It was a sacrifice for me. <laughs> um, and, and that got me on a journey of all through Lent. I only drank three beers. And I remember one particular night, I was out at a bar, and my three beers were up. And I kept the, the beer bottle that I had, and there was maybe a little left in it. And I would just walk around, and I must have held it for two to three hours. And I remember I went home, and I had such a better time than I ever had before. I actually remembered the conversations I had with people. It was amazing. <laughs> and I actually, like, instead of, like, every time I had a conversation with someone, I wasn't like, oh, I need to get another drink, you know, and people would be like, let's go get shots, and then they would go, and I would somehow slip through the crowd and not go with them. But I was so proud of myself because the first time in my life, I began to put my confidence in Christ and in myself and not a drink that I was drinking. And it, it was a revelation for me. And so that summer, I went home. I got super involved in my church. I read the book, Wild at Heart, and got discipled by some amazing men of God. And I knew that I couldn't go back to Bowling Green because I knew that I would fall back into the same pattern with that friend group. For me, I actually realized that it wasn't so hard to give up the drinking. It was actually more hard or difficult to give up the people who influenced me to drink. Have you guys ever felt like that? Because deep down, it's like, like, like you, you hate it, right? You're like, why do I do this the next morning? And that's with any sin, right? In the moment, you, you think it feels good, you think it's right, and then afterwards, it's just all the shame comes, all the guilt comes, you know? And it was that same way for alcohol with me. And, and I knew it wasn't bringing me life. I knew it wasn't bringing me happiness, especially, and I'll be honest, guys, this was a battle still after I accepted Jesus, right? When I accepted Jesus, that was the most amazing moment of my life. But I still had this battle to fight. I still had to learn how to walk this thing out. So I ask you again to go back. What is our why? And that principle of three drinks, um, you know, a, a night, that still inspires my life today. There's been a season where I didn't drink at all. And now I'm at a point after 10 years or so, a little more, 
where I'll have a couple beers. But I still don't go over. I try not to go over three beers just because I don't have to. I'm most likely not going to drink three glasses of orange juice back to back. So why do I need to drink three beers back to back, right? I still don't do shots. Maybe a rare occasion I'll, I'll do you know, a glass of wine or, or something, you know, maybe nicer, fancier if I'm at a wedding or something. But I, I, I have that, that principle that I developed in that season still rings true to my life today. And so I just, again, want to share some things that I've learned on the journey. And I hope that inspires you to, to figure out what works for you. So again, what is your why? I want to share two scriptures that uh, I think and I hope inspires you. John 8, 12 says this. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, follows me, will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The light of life. Jesus also says in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come so that they may have life and have it to the full. If we, if Jesus comes to bring us the light of life and to have life to the full, I want to ask you a question. When I go to a wedding and I'm insecure about dancing, why do I still feel like I need a drink of alcohol to give me that boost of confidence? When all my friends are drinking and I don't have a beer in my hand, why do I still feel like the odd man out? Maybe some of you don't at all feel that way, and amen to that. Maybe because of the culture you grew up in. But I grew up in a family and a culture that celebrated drinking. But I had to go on a journey, and I still am on that journey, to find out what and who is my identity. Again, is drinking alcohol a need or a desire for you? I actually want to promote that it's okay for it to be a desire in a godly and respectable and honoring way to God and to yourself and then to others around you. But when it becomes a necessity and a need or an idol like it was to me, that's when it's dangerous. So back to my story, um, I go back to, I transfer to Cleveland State. Um, I, I get involved in this amazing church that I got saved at. And I, had, I started to get brothers in Christ that were awesome men of God. And once in a great while, not every weekend, they would go out. And I remember like, what? You guys go out to bars? But when they went out, it wasn't a dark thing. They weren't swearing all the time. They weren't trying to pick up girls. They drank in an honoring, respectful way. We would pray together sometimes. God, use us as a light in this place. And it totally awakened my heart to that what drinking can be in a good way. Then I had another group of friends that from high school and college that I would still try to hang out with, that I would try to be a light in. And I remember I would go out with them and go out with them. But again, I was still being dragged down. And I realized that the absence of my presence with them would actually be a stronger influence than my actual presence. Because I was being dragged down. I was being pulled into fights. I was being pulled into situations that I didn't want to be in. And I had to let them know, hey, guys, I love you. I'll go to a movie with you. I'll go play putt-putt with you. I'll work out with you. Of course, I'll play football with you. But I'm not going to go and put myself in these situations anymore. 
And that was a journey of learning that. And I just challenge you guys right now, if you have friends right now that you think you can't do that to, do that to them, and you'll find out if they're real friends or not. See if they stop calling you. See if they still want to hang out with you. See if they actually value you or they just value you helping them live a life in this sin. Because guess what? Misery loves company. And if someone is destroying their own self, they don't want to do it alone. Have you ever been around someone that gossiped? Why do they so um, need to gossip around everyone else? Because they want people to join their side, right? It's the same thing with drinking. No one wants to drink alone. And if you do, then that's a definitely red flag. <laughs> and so, again, think about your why. Sometimes, guys, it's been, a benefic- it's been beneficial and a bridge for me to have a beer with someone. It's actually been a tool that God has used to lead someone to Jesus. My grandpa's an alcoholic. One time I went home and my, he, my grand, he, he goes out two nights a week to a bar. And I felt like God put it on my heart to go to the bar and meet him. My grandma was even upset I was doing it. I went there. I met my grandpa where he was at. I think Jesus would have done that. I actually think that's what the story was all about with Jesus making the wine. It was actually showing people and his mom, because his mom wanted him to do it, that he loves them more than the principles or rules or the law. And that he was going to meet them where they're at and his love was going to inspire them to change. It says the kindness of the Lord uh, it brings us to repentance. I don't know about you, but rules and regulations doesn't really do it for me. Usually I want to go against those even more. My whole life, grandma said, don't you go out and drink. And what did I do? I went out and drank. I don't know why I'm talking like a hillbilly right now. But, <laughs> but I did. And, and I have a lot of stories. And, but, all right. <laughs> you know, but I've talked to some people. You know, when I went, when I, one of my world race travels to Africa, we, we, on our days off, they were literally like, you guys cannot drink at all. You cannot have any alcohol. Because if someone sees you drinking alcohol, it will be a stumbling block for them. And they literally won't trust you in, in, in your faith and being a missionary. Has anyone grown up in a culture like that? Where, that? where your family or your culture has taught you that? Yeah. So we come, we come from a worldview, right, of what is right, what people have taught us. But I want to challenge you. Not what is the worldview of your family or society or culture. Because in our country, you have to be 21. In other countries, you can start drinking when you're 18. But what is God's view? And I think coming back to Ecclesiastes, everything, I think it's permittable in a certain way, in a certain season, but too much of anything is bad for us. And so in that story, I was able to connect with my grandpa. I actually had a beer, one beer, and I sat down. I had a two-hour conversation with his drunk friend, and I got to share the gospel of Jesus and of love and grace in his life. And he was open up to it. He even let me pray for him. It was an amazing thing that wouldn't have happened if I didn't meet him where he was at. But there's been other situations when I'm with people that if I have a beer or I drink, it will literally be a stumbling block for them. And it will, it will make them stumble in their walk with Jesus. Um, so I think it's so important that we walk and we keep in step with the Spirit. And we live this thing out in relationship with Jesus and ask God, what should we do? There's sometimes he's going to maybe want you to drink if you're comfortable and that's your choice. 
Maybe not. That's okay too. And maybe sometimes that he doesn't want you to. I have a story. Um, so I stopped drinking for two years straight. And I say that by the grace of God. It was a calling of God in my life. Um, I stopped drinking for two years. And I was on the world race. And my dad actually came to visit me in Thailand. And I was in my dad, man, if, if drinking was a love language, that would be his love language. <laughs> and, and, and my dad came to visit me. And I was walking in to get dinner. And he had a beer. And he actually ordered me a beer, um, but knowing I wouldn't drink it. So he just figured he would get another one for himself. And I walked up, and I literally felt like I heard the voice of the Lord, not audibly, but in my heart, say, have a beer with your dad. And I was scared, guys, because I had not drank for two years. I almost went so far on the other end of the spectrum where it became legalistic to me. I didn't think God would anoint me or love me or use me if I drank. I kind of even looked at the story of John uh, the Baptist and said, well, he wasn't supposed to drink, so I shouldn't drink. But that was a calling on his life, and I haven't felt God call that to me yet. If God's called that for you, amen, and God bless, and don't drink. But I haven't felt that yet. we got to be careful whose story we're putting on our lives and make sure it's our story with God. Because each and every one of us have our own unique story. And I think we fall in a pit when we start judging others because of their story. And that's another thing we need to be careful of. So I went, I walked in, and I got this beer with my dad. And it was an amazing, amazing God moment of reconciliation, of healing that I'll never forget. Now, there's been multiple times where my dad has asked me to go out to the bar and has wanted me to get shots and drink with him. And I draw my line in the sand and say, no, dad, I love you. I'll go with you, but I'm not going to do that. So I think it is important to know what your decisions are and what your ground is. I know I'm not going to go over four beers. That's my max. My standard is three. I just know I'm not going to. It, it, it gets me in that foggy place, and I don't need to get close to it. But that's also after 10 years of practicing this, right? And that's after two years of not drinking at all. In that two-year span, I want to share one more story. I went to a good friend's wedding back from high school, and, um, man, all my friends were getting blasted and tanked and just out on the dance floor just having, you know, the time of their life that they won't remember at all. And I um, thought you guys would laugh at that, but I guess not. <laughs> um, and so what did I do? I, I was a little nervous of, like, how am I going to dance? How am I going to have fun? And you know what I did? I just got a glass of ginger ale. I got a glass of ginger ale. I had three glasses of ginger ale that night and maybe a little bit of a tummy ache afterwards. But, uh, and, and I carried that glass of ginger ale around and everyone thought it was a beer. They thought it was like a cider ale or a beer. I mean, I didn't lie if they asked me, but they, they just thought it was a beer. And so I'm up there, I'm dancing, I'm, I'm, I'm dancing around being crazy. And literally this guy turned to me, he's like, dude, you're wasted tonight. And I'm like, yeah, baby, yeah, I am. Because I'm wasted with the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> And literally, guys, I was jumping around. I was having fun. And it was the first wedding in my life. I didn't have an ounce of alcohol. And it was so freeing that if we have the light of Christ in our life, if we, are, if we have the life to the full, why do we need anything else? I challenge you, at least once, go to a wedding, make a fool of yourself. I can't dance. You can ask my girlfriend. And just have fun. Have fun and rely on him who lives in you and not anything else. Because now I'm at a point where I can have a couple of beers, but it's not my identity. 
Just the other day, I was going to the football game with some friends, and uh, my, my good friend invited me to the I-Hotel, and we, we, it was just last Friday, and we, had, we could have free drinks, free food, and, and it was awesome, right? And so I was having, I had uh, two beers with my dinner, and then we had to leave, and um, my one buddy thought he could take a beer, like walk down the street with it to the stadium, and I'm like, bro, I love you, but you can't do that, we'll get arrested. Um, that was funny, and um, he might be in this room right now, but I'm not going to say his name, <laughs> and, um, but, uh, and, and so I'm like, oh, well, I haven't reached my th- three beer limit, so I'm going to have a, one more beer real quick, right, and, I, and like, I'm starting to drink it fast because we have to leave, and I literally just feel like Holy Spirit say, why are you doing this, and I'm like, you're right, I don't need to chug this, what do I want, like a little buzz, like, I don't need this, and I just set it down. Because in that moment, it became like more than just a desire. Does that make sense? I felt like I needed it. I felt like I would have more fun at the football game or more loosey-goosey or whatever it was. And, I'm, and, I, and I felt that conviction and I felt that prompting of the spirit and I stopped. So I just want to, I, I want to leave you. I, I really just wanted this to be a conversation. I know this might be a little different than our, than our normal flow. But I want it to be a conversation full of stories. And I pray and I hope that maybe you remember some of my stories and remember some of the journey and the things that God has, has asked me to inspire you. Because truly, he is the one that defines us. And if a friend wants you to drink and don't, won't accept that you won't, I truly ask you, are they really your friend? Galatians uh, 5.14 says this. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Galatians 5.25 says this, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Do you guys know living with the Spirit and being led by Him is the greatest adventure you'll, you'll ever go on? When I first started dating my girlfriend, I said, hey, I can't promise life will always be easy, but I promise you it will always be an adventure and exciting. And I think that's what it's like with the Holy Spirit because he makes things an adventure. He makes every day we wake up an adventure. And I think that's what it means to live and walk with the Spirit and to have the fullness and the light of Christ in our lives. So I want to leave you with these five points. I did this for Hannah because she likes five points for me to leave with. So I want you to leave with this. One, know what your why is. Next time you're put in a situation, ask yourself, have you ever gone to a wedding and made a fool of yourself without drinking? Are you relying and depending on alcohol more than you're relying and depending on God's spirit? Ask yourself what your deep motivation and why is. Two, examine um, the posture and health of your heart. Again, is this a need or a desire? Three, walk and live in the light of life by keeping Jesus first, our true identity in Christ. Don't let alcohol define you guys. I promise it's an empty road. It's a lonely road. Let him define you. Four, be in tune and in step with his spirit. Let him guide you. Let him inspire you. Ask him. God, should I go out with this group of friends? Should I go to this bar? Should I go to this party? Should I drink? Should I not? There's some bars that I won't go into because it's dark 
and there's music going on that I don't think is honoring to God. And actually, even though I want to be a light and help people, sometimes, guys, it's a trap, and we're not meant to go. That's why it's so important to be led by the Spirit. I'll also say this. If you are trying to be a hero, like many times I have, and save my friends, you need to have a brother or sister in Christ with you. Jesus sent us out by two, two by two. And when you go out with your friends, whether you drink or not, examine afterwards. Was that fruitful? Did you going out make a difference? Did it bring glory and honor to God? If Jesus was with you every step of the way, would he be honored by your actions and how you walked and how you lived? I know this is hard, but I promise it'll be worth it. Sometimes we're meant to go and sometimes we're meant to stay. And then finally this, be willing to surrender and stop at any time. When you're like me and you're drinking too much and you, you feel like it's more than a desire but a need, be willing to set it down. Be willing to surrender it, whether it's a year or two or for the rest of your life at any point. My uncle was an amazing golfer and he loved to drink, but it was causing pain to his marriage. My aunt, my grandpa was an alcoholic and she, she had baggage and pain and past memories that was hard for her. And it came up every time my uncle drank. And even though he did it responsibly, he had to make a decision. What matters more to him? His family, his wife, his children who he loves, or alcohol? And now he's been free of drinking an ounce of alcohol for 10 years. 10 years. And you know what he said to me the other day? He said, my three kids will, will never grow up wanting to drink. They might see their friends drink or see it on TV or in movies, but they'll never see me and, and, and their mom drink. And I was like, wow, that's inspiring. I know that's already inspired me that when I have kids, I don't want to have alcohol in the house. I don't want to. Maybe later when they're teenagers, I'll show them how to do it appropriately and honoring to God, but I don't want to have alcohol in my house because I don't want them to see that. I don't want them to see that as a value and as a need in their life. I'd like to leave you with these two scriptures as you ponder and you ask God to give you this revelation. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says this, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And I wanna challenge you that that should be our why. That should be the motivation of our heart. Whether we go to the bars, whether we drink, I'm going to a bachelor party this weekend with my friend, and I know many of them, even though they are Christians, they're gonna drink more. And you know what? I'm gonna call my other friend who I know is deep in his faith, and we're gonna pray together, and we're gonna say, hey, here's some boundaries that we're stopping at. Here's some jokes that if they're made, we're walking out of the room. Because we are gonna be a representative of Jesus yeah, I might have a couple beers, I might have a laugh with them, but there's a line that I'm not crossing because my relationship with him matters more to me than my relationship with them. And I want them to see the light of Christ in our, my life. So when we drink, whether we drink orange juice or alcohol or whatever we do, are we doing it for the glory of God? I believe that should be our motivation. I believe that should be our why. 
And is the fruit of the Spirit being released when we're in these situations, when we do these things? And guys, I'm still on that journey of examining it. And if God ever says to me, stop drinking, I want to put it down. I want to put it down. When I go to visit my dad, I have two brothers in high school. My dad wants me to drink, and you know what? I don't, re I don't really like to drink around them because I don't want them to see me doing it in that way. Because I know right now where they're at in their lives. If they see me as a pastor doing it, they'll think it's okay, and they'll, they'll do it more than they should. But when the time's right, I'll have that conversation with them. When they're of age, that's another thing I felt convicted and, and some of the leaders have said. I'm not going to stand up here and, and, and be a hypocrite. I dr started drinking when I was 14 and 15. But I just want to be real. I believe God calls us to honor the laws of our land. And that's hard because I speed all the time. <laughs> and, and we all got to be convicted by this in different ways. But if you're serious about your faith and you're not 21, I'm not going sit, to sit up here and say you're wrong. But I think that's a conversation you need to have with God and really need to ask yourself, why? I wish I would have waited. So then when I was 21, I could have my first beer with my dad. That was something that the enemy stole. Just like, I'm not going to get into this, but just like he tries to have us get, to, get, uh, get us to have sex before marriage. That's, that's a gift given to our spouses with God and with each other. The enemy comes to steal, guys. He comes to try to make things, and, and make it fake and, ma and, and make it out of context so we don't celebrate it with God. I just want to challenge you with this too. I felt like God put this thought in my head. What if, you know, we call when the Holy Spirit comes, getting drunk with the Spirit, and if that's never happened to you, I hope you come to fall retreat because they probably will. <laughs> I know your guys are like, now some of you are not coming to fall retreat. <laughs> But one time I was, I was in worship and literally filled with the Holy Spirit so much. And I called my dad and said, Dad, I know you used to do drugs in college. And I know you love to drink. And I know you love to get drunk. But guess what? There's no drunkenness or no high like the high of the Holy Spirit. And he's listening to me like, man, you are crazy. Are you drunk? And I'm like, yes, I am. And I'm like, we've been made to have this communion and this fellowship with God. And sometimes this, when the Spirit comes, we laugh and there's this joy that we can't comprehend. And what if alcohol used in an inappropriate way, used in an excessive amount, is meant to delude the real joy of the Spirit that God has for us? The enemy's always trying to sound like God and always trying to use things to replace the gifts that God's given us and say, you don't want that, go after this. Again, guys, I just pray that you're inspired by this. Wherever you're at in your story, that you ask yourself, what is your why? And the actions of what we're doing, is it bringing glory to God? And is God using you? Because at the end of the day, those are going to be the memories and the moments that matter the most. And I can't sit up here and say that you shouldn't drink or you should. But if you let God guide you by his spirit, his presence, and his love, I promise you, he'll guide you every step of the way. I'm going to end with Ephesians 5.18 that says this. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Don't be drunk with wine, 
or beer or liquor because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean for you? I promise you, wherever you're at with God, if you ask him to fill you and use you, it'll be the greatest adventure of your life. Would you stand with me and pray? Father, I just thank you, God. And I know, I know tonight there's a lot of questions, a lot of pondering, and, and maybe some people are more confused now than they came in. But God, I pray that the revelation of what it means to walk and live in your light of life, Christ, and to have life to the full, and to keep in step and walk with and in your spirit, would awaken our hearts to want to know you more. Would awaken our hearts to want to live with you every day of our life. And we pray, God, that not alcohol, not drugs, not a relationship, not anything we do, a job that we have, that nothing would take the place of our intimacy and life with you. God, if people have the call in their life to not drink alcohol, we pray we bless that tonight in Jesus' name. God, if people are drinking alcohol too much and, and that's uh, an, an idol in their life, if that's a need in their life, if, even if it's a little bit, if it's replaced you, we break that in Jesus' name. And we say, rise up, warriors of God, and remember who and what you need. Remember who and what gives you power. Remember who and what gives you the light and life of Christ. And God, I just bless them with the courage, whether it's two, five, or ten years, or whatever it is, to stop drinking if that's what they need to do. And I pray that when we go to the parties, when we go to the bachelor parties, or the weddings, or the bars, or the football games, or whatever we do, we think of you. And we honor you and glorify you in all that we are and all that we do. when we fall short again and again and again remember that you're right there to pick us up that you're a dad who loves us and who believes in us and that will never ever give up on us in Jesus name See you.
guys. So right now, as we play this song, as we sing about surrendering to him, there's going to be people on the side of the room that would just love to pray for you. And if you want to surrender your heart to him for the first time or surrender drinking to him or anything that's taken his place, I just ask you to take a step of faith and let someone pray for you. So uh, coaches, um, will you go to the side of the room?
have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Father's arms are open. 
Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Blood. 
I just, I just feel like uh, some of us are, are surrendering some stuff tonight, um, but you're scared about what's going to happen tomorrow or when you're with that friend group from work or that group that, you know, on Friday night or Saturday texts you and calls you to go out. And I just feel like the Lord's saying, what are you going to stand on? Because the church will be built on the rock of Christ, Amen that he is our rock. And when we put our hope in other things, it's like shifting sand. When the winds and the waves come and they will, what are we gonna rely on? And who are we gonna rely on? So friends, I feel like we have an invitation tonight, a reminder to each other, to ourselves and to God to say who and what are we gonna stand on? When the choice comes, because it will, will you remember who and what your why is? So in this last song, let this be a declaration that our lives will stand on the rock of Jesus Christ.
So I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned in all of the one who gave it all. So I'll stand my soul, Lord, to you surrendered all I am is yours all I am, Lord, oh. on this campus and everywhere we go. So God, we just bless your name. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So thank you guys for coming out tonight. You guys have a great evening. We'll see you next week.